Thursday, November 9th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, I want to look back to last Sunday while many people around this country were gathering for worship down in a small Texas town of Sutherland Springs, which is about 30 miles east of San Antonio, a massacre occurred where 4% of the town's population was killed by an individual who was apparently trying to get to his in-laws. Harry, we know the story. It is heartbreaking. One particular family lost eight members. Victims range from five years old to 72 years old. Harry, let's begin to try to put this in biblical perspective. It's pretty clear that this was not politically or religiously motivated killing. But we need to ask ourselves a question. Why would something in a culture as sacrosanct or something as sacred as a church building on a Lord's Day in worship, why would that now be a fair killing field in our culture? I don't think the guy went in to kill Christians. But he knew his mother-in-law was a professing believer, was a member of the church, and I guess anticipated that she would be there. So he goes in, A, we see the evil in his heart ready to kill, B, ready to kill multiple people in order to get to the target he wanted, or for the purpose of effect. So again, we see the reality of evil in the heart, affirming the Christian world and life view, that we are born with a sin nature, and the only hope is that it is either restrained by common grace or we are transformed by redeeming grace when God gives us a new heart and a new nature. But you also need to ask yourself a question. In God's common grace, in our culture, places of worship would have been deemed off-limits for such activity. Now it's seen as a target-rich area for a killing field. Why is that happening? And then we've got other dynamics that are occurring as well. One is the cultural elite and their response to the response of believers. Whenever something like this happens, there are two questions that immediately occur. What happened? We're made in the image of God. We want to know the facts. Secondly, because we're made in the image of God and we see something particularly horrific against men and women made in the image of God, one family lost eight members in this. Half of those killed were children. The next thing we want to know is why does it happen? Well, again, the Christian world and life view says it happens because men and women are born with a sin nature that will continually descend in a death spiral of depravity and violence and evil unless it is restrained by God's grace, which is the only antidote to any sin, including the sin of violence and evil and murder. And therefore, common grace is that blessing of God where through his people and their witness, salt and light comes into the world and sin is restrained, as well as sin is restrained through another common grace gift of God, and that is the appropriate exercise of governmental authority, whereby evil is punished and what is righteous is affirmed. So we immediately realize something's happening. Number one, we've got a culture that is at a full-on tilt against religion in general, but Christianity in particular. Jesus warned us it would be. 
Therefore, as Christianity is being vacuumed out, the most effective instrument and antidote to the death spiral of a culture is being removed. And as it is being removed, it's also being targeted. Harry, let me take you to some comments that were made in response to House Speaker Paul Ryan's request the people give the victims in Texas their prayers right now. Hollywood elites tweeted, They were in church. They had the prayers shot right out from underneath them. Maybe try something else. Another tweeted, Those slain were praying in church. Prayers are not a relevant intervention. Christian theology, let's make this clear. We don't deify prayer. It's not prayer that we put our trust in. It's the Lord. How do you communicate with the Lord? By prayer. Prayer is not the object of our faith. Prayer is an instrument in our faith whereby we put our trust in the Lord. And there are times in a broken world that God's answers to prayers are not the ones that we actually are asking for. There are times when we ask God to heal us and God says, I'm not going to heal you. Now, is that because God doesn't love us? No, it may be because God says, nope, you've done your job. Praise the Lord. I'm going to bring you on home. And by the way, that's going to be a whole lot better healing than just patching up this broken body for a few more years. That's why we say, not our will be done, but your will be done. Now, basically, I want to tell all of those who decided to ridicule the call to prayer. You just joined the gunman. The gunman ridiculed prayer. He went into a house of prayer when they're worshiping and they're praying, and he killed people. So you just identified with him in your view of prayer. And by the way, what you just said will embolden other people not to treat such gatherings with sacredness because prayer is meaningless, isn't it, according to your world and life view? But may I also tell my friends of the cultural elite who I would love to talk with about the greatest prayer of all, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner, you're on a fool's errand. Jesus doesn't say if you pray. Jesus says when you pray. And then Jesus talks about how the pagans pray. Jesus talks about how the atheists pray in Romans 1. People pray. Now, the question isn't, are you going to pray? Everybody's going to pray. The very cultural elite, something will happen in their life when they pray. I can promise you that. The Bible is very clear. Jesus says, when you pray, you don't get answers because you pray wrongly. That's your problem. You pray in a self-centered or unbiblical way. I want to say one more thing, Tom, that I think is very important here. When we see what's happening in churches, I'm hearing two responses. Oh my goodness, arm up, close the doors, lock down when it comes time to worship. The other thing that I'm seeing is, look, I mean, you've got about as much chance of getting killed at church as a lightning bolt strike, and they go into the statistics. I think both are wrong in their approach. I think it's very clear that this targeting of religion in general, and Christianity in particular, and churches, is very clearly on the rise. Now, is it to the point that every time people go to church, they're in danger? No, no, no. But that doesn't mean we don't realize it's there. Here's what the Bible says to us in these matters. Do not fear. That would include this. We must not live our lives in fear. We go to worship. Our trust is in the Lord. We live our life. Our trust is in the Lord. We do not fear because whatever you fear will ultimately control your life. The only fear we are to have is the fear of the Lord because of his majesty and grandeur, and that is a fear that motivates. It's the beginning of wisdom. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Then Paul said this, I have concerns for the churches. Paul is saying, I'm not going to let anxiety and fear control me. 
That doesn't mean I don't live with reasonable insights in a broken world. Do you know how many flat tires I've had in my lifetime? I went back to try to think of it. I think I've had two. But every car I've ever driven, I've had a spare tire in it. Well, it's the same thing here. The odds of getting shot at church? Oh, my goodness. Let's be honest about the statistics. But that does not mean in a culture where people feel free to go into churches and some motivated to go into churches to kill, that we're not going to have something in place to care for others. Defending others is a part of a Christian world and life view. It's one thing for me to turn my cheek, but I don't have to turn other people's cheek to let them get killed. I'm called to defend others, and that would be absolutely appropriate. So it's fine for church leadership to take precautions. While we take precautions, our trust is in the Lord. God may deliver us in the fire, from the fire, or through the fire but he will deliver us. And so we put our trust in the Lord. Harry, we are out of time for today. On Friday's edition of Today in Perspective, I want to take you to an interesting and rather bizarre story. There's actually a new religion forming, and it's based on the worship of artificial intelligence. Well, it's based on artificial intelligence, but it is not an artificial religion. It's a real religion, and it's really wrong. But why is it there? Well, a Christian world in life, you will tell you exactly why a new form of religion has arrived, the worship of artificial intelligence. We'll do that on Friday's edition of Today in Perspective. As we close out, let me challenge you to download the Briarwood app. With this app, you'll have Christian resources that will challenge your walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. On your smartphone or your tablet, simply type in Briarwood PCA. You can do so at Google Play, the Windows Store, Amazon Apps, or the Apple App Store. Download the app at yours free of charge. Well, thanks for being with us today. Join us again tomorrow, Friday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.